If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider helping by supporting our show. Although never expected, any support for our show enables us to keep bringing the audiobook club to your ears. Thank you so much for tuning into the show and welcome to Season 2 of the Audiobook Club with John York. The Audiobook Club, partnered with Pro Audio Voices, celebrates audiobooks, the amazing people and teams who make them happen, as well as the various talents behind storytelling. To learn more about Amplify and other opportunities to grow your sales, platform and audience, head over to ProAudioVoices.com and listen out for a short but informational advertisement within this episode. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Audiobook Club. In this week's episode, we're so lucky to be joined by actor and audiobook narrator Stephen Dexter. Stephen, it's such a joy to have you on the show, mate. How are you? Good. I'm great. Such a joy to be here. Thank you, John. Oh, thank you for coming on. Um, it was such a pleasure meeting you and and hanging out with you at APAC last month. I just like how how was your overall experience at APAC? I I had a great time. It's um it, it's definitely overwhelming and it it definitely uh there's a lot of nerves uh for me, a lot of anxiety like leading up to it. I think especially this year being the first one back completely in person mm. uh cuz the last one I went to was 19. Yeah. Uh so it was, you know, it was a it was a little bit over, jarring um and it was a different venue. They did it at the Javits Center, which is this big glass structure on the west side. And so to do it at the hotel was much more uh, kind of confined. But I I thought that they still did a great job. It ran very smoothly. And once I got there and once you start meeting everybody and once you kind of get into the groove, groove of everything and the and the um, going into the workshops and stuff like that, I really started to kind of relax a little bit but definitely when i first got there and it's difficult because they uh i don't know there's something about the way that they i don't know if you notice the way they do the name tags yeah where your first name is huge and then <laughs> your last name is small but but the last name is the one that i really like you know, I, I i understand why they do it so you can quickly look down oh boom that's your for hi john hi hi steven yeah but when it's trying to like figure out because this is i'm sure you know just like you like this is one of the few events if not the only event where, where i have at least for me where i have the opportunity to meet people that i work with some uh, many times in in person because we do this job so you know by ourselves for the most part um so i always look forward to like oh my god i'm actually going to meet so and so or i'm going to you know see so and 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 people change their looks and and things like that, or they use pseudonyms, and and so you so there were a lot of times where people would come up to me and I wouldn't know who it was because mm-hmm. I'm used to them using their pseudonym, especially you know being in the being predominantly like a, a romance narrator and yeah, um, but then also like I I seeing somebody and like oh my god or or I know their face I know their I know that name just from social media and things like that um and then just feeling like that obligation uh not in a in a bad way but like i making a mental note of like i have to say hi to that person i have to go to like that person is has has posted if if they're like influencer people um yeah who who also double is like 
narrators and things like that. Like I have to make sure that I say hi and say thank you for everything that they've, if, if they've promoted books that I've done or, or, or books that we've done together. Um, but, and then, and then obviously the, and then meeting new people um, like you, it was so great to meet you and, uh, and, and a lot of other people. And, um, and that usually, uh, you know, that usually happens towards the end. Yeah. Where you kind of like, you know, once the open bar open, <laughs> where you're like, wow. And then you go out afterwards. And that was a lot of fun too. Um, Cause it's just such a, a supportive, uh, welcoming community. And I think because of the Nate, the, the, the isolated singular nature of the, the work that we do, even though we're all yeah. still actors. Um, plus the fact that we haven't, we don't see each other very, very often. <laughs> um it's just like people it's it's like this pent up like extreme desire to like oh my god and then you don't want it to end yes um yeah, yeah. so it's it, yeah it was it was a wonderful time and and it was definitely uh much much better than the first time and even the second time because i've i've grown and i've i've um progressed in my career and everything like that so the more you know the more people you know it kind of makes it makes it easier you're not you're not so much in that, um, in that not, I feel like shark mode is, is, but you're not in that, like, mm. I, I have to meet everybody. It's more like I'm meeting you because we've worked together as opposed to, oh, I have to, you know, and, and, and how do I approach that person and not make it seem like I need something or I want something from yes. them. Um, but you know, the, the, by the, the I, 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 you just learned that like, it's, it's all about the, and I learned this from the first, the, uh, the first time I went is that it's just about being a nice person and having that, that kind of relationship as opposed to here's my business card and let's yeah. work together. It's just like, Hey, I like your shirt. Yeah. I get, it's, it's a weird one. Cause I think, I think for, um, there's a, maybe a kind of idea that for, for actors and things, we can be very outgoing people, whereas quite often that's, that's not the case. And, and we can be quite, you know, these events can be incredibly daunting and, and the rest of it. Did you have like a, a, you know, what was your approach to coming to, to something like APAC? Do you have like a, a, a game plan as it were, or are you more just a, oh, we'll just see how it goes? Uh, it's a little of both. I, you know, cause there were people that obviously it is, you know, it's not the cheapest thing in the world. There are other ways mm. that you could save money and yeah. hang out with people. Um, so I do look at it, look at it as a, um, you know, it's a business event, uh, and, and, and it, and it, and it can, it will offer these opportunities for me to, to connect with people that, um, either to nurture relationships with publishers and potentially authors or other narrators that I've that I've already worked with, or mm -hmm. to reach out to new ones like um, you know the 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 rep from uh, Macmillan that I met. Like I I've done a couple Macmillan books, but again, it's like there's nothing that can substitute. And this is you know an email chains and things like that, even social media. No, nothing that can replace. Um, just how important that face-to-face -face, uh, time is. Yeah. Um. So it was great to meet Steve from from McMillan and and um, and also to kind of um. Re, kind of establish the fact that when you can kind of, especially in in the audiobook world, get pigeonholed a little bit into 
a certain genre, I really like to use these events to once again, like begin to expand. And it's almost like you're starting fresh. Like you can say, I have these titles, I have these, uh, you know, these accolades and things like that. However, like when I was was meeting with the with the rep from from McMillan, I was like, these are the books that I like to read recreationally. These are the things I would like to do more of. Yeah. Um. So it offers that kind of uh, you know, the chance to do that. But um, but then also the, the you know the panels, the 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 things that you're you know the the things that are actually scheduled were very very informative and great ways to uh learn and to grow and 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 to find out what is going on in all these different um areas of the industry yeah uh, you know both from the performative and 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 from the the technical and then from just the you know the rumblings of the of the ai and shifts and 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 the um you know how it's doing financially and and that kind mm. of stuff projections and and stuff just because it's it's interesting to know and to be um abreast of all of that um and and also yeah and then and then going to these panels and, and listening to these people talk that in itself offers a way to like connect and because they usually would leave their contact information and then you can reach out and say wow i'd really like to know more about that or i'd love to work with you um and everybody yeah. again was just so so knowledgeable and so wonderful when it came to wanting to wanting that kind of like welcoming that kind of conversation um yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i found i found that very i had a, i think i had a very similar experience with you is i think like once i'd my nerves had calmed and the the drinks towards the end definitely helped with that <laughs> um but i think once my nerves had calmed i was I, I was sort of allowed myself to be fully present and almost sort of forget about myself and start to take in what was around me I I found it so valuable and even though it was it was quite pricey especially if you're traveling you know across state or in my case internationally to, to that I I did I really found that it was worth it um just I mean also just for like the experiences of of meeting with the with your colleagues that you'd only ever know over email or social media and you know being able to put faces and personalities to names that you know so well I think that's that's I, I took away that has been a really joyous experience oh that's great that's great yeah i mean that you know that like again that's the the, the first the, the first year that i went i remember people telling me um because i had you know I'd, i i had a few i think i had maybe 15 books the first time that i went in 2018 yeah. um and i and i had made some good you know there were like actor friends that i had worked with uh you know people that i knew from like theater or, or film and tv that I'd, or friends of friends. And so I kind of like leaned on them. Like I told them I'm going to my first APAC. And if there's any mm -hmm. helpful hints and every single person, uh, publisher narrator was like the, the, the real, um, not deals, but like the, the relationships are made in between the panels, mm -hmm. like in the hallways, they said, and I was like, oh, but I don't really know anybody and, and things like, mm -hmm. and I, and I, and, and I was kind of like, I really got to stick to this schedule. Um, because at that time I still, I did really, there was a lot that I didn't know. There still is a lot. I, I don't know, but, but because it's constantly changing, but at that time, especially, so you kind of get torn because, because the other thing, and I'm sure you, you, you saw this as well is that, um, there are these, you know, these little clusters of conversation and sometimes there are people on the outside 
Yeah. Uh, and you, you can feel their energy of like, they want to come in, they want to talk and, and you want to, you want to open it up and, and let them in. But then there's that weird, like, but I haven't seen this person in so long. And we're really engaged in a, uh, you know, real like catching up conversation. Cause a lot of times it wasn't even about the work. It was just, I had a breakup. I had a, you know, it was yeah. just like the personal side and you're, but then you're like, Oh, I really, I, cause I remember being that person just a few years ago and being like, I just want to talk to people. I just want to get to know people. Um, so that, that, that kind of helped to inform that, like, it's, it's, I, I learned it was okay to do that, um, within, within reason, you don't want to be obnoxious about it, but I, I learned that from that first year. And so then when you're kind of luck, fortunate enough to be on the inside of those, uh, of those clusters to, to be, have that awareness, uh, that like, oh, there's some, you know, this person looks like they really want to come in. So I, I, I was always kind of like half like waiting for that little opportunity, that little lull, yeah. you know, in the conversation. Cause I don't want to interrupt if somebody's really like, oh, it's been a tough year. Oh, you know what? Hold on a second. Hi, hi I'm Steven. <laughs> like you don't want to do that, but like waiting for a, you know, a moment where it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of organically come to a, uh, a resolution and so now we can you know we can this topic has has resolved itself and now we can maybe bring this person in um because i don't know i just feel it, it could be going back to like all oh, my childhood like you don't want to like be yeah. ostracized you don't want to feel like oh i'm ignoring you and no you know, hell with you we, i don't know who you are <laughs> so you're not gonna come in here yeah yeah i think i think it's a skill in itself um and i, and I think there's there's you know many of us of course who have that that sort of fear of, of of being the one eating your lunch on your own, and 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 I think that the thing that I found, and I, I literally was eating my lunch on my own at APAC for the but for the per, for the first thirty seconds, and then before Jess Nahikian caught me, uh, and then like marched straight over and said, "No, you're having lunch with us," and I was like, "Oh, this is such a lovely little like <laughs> community." Um, yeah, it was it was it was wonderful. Um, I'd love to know how you got started acting. Um, like when did when did that when did you first sort of realize this is something that I really want to give a go? Uh, I mean, it it was incredibly joyful for me from a from a very early age. I I I I'm pretty sure that the seed me was planted when I was in kindergarten. Uh, and we were doing a, um, there was like this presentation cause I went to a, a, a Catholic school just for, just for kindergarten. It was weird. And then I think the school, uh, dissolved, but it was only for K through second grade. And it mm. was through the church that, um, my, my family and I were, were uh, parishioners that were members of. And, um, so I went there for kindergarten and we were doing, we had, uh, decided that we were going to do a pageant. I guess I wouldn't even call it a play mm. of Ghostbusters. Uh, and we had had like script. We we had things like written down. I think we were basically going to do this first or second movie. I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, and, and I, and we had had like props and things like that. And we had had rehearsals. And uh, then when it came time to present, the kindergartners were going to present to the first and second grade classes, I completely forgot all my, I think I was playing the Bill Murray character. I think I was playing uh, uh, Peter Vankman and I completely forgot all of my lines and ended up just riffing and just improvising. 
Yeah. And I think because at that age, you know, you just don't have those inhibitions that everybody else um, was like, all right, Stephen has completely th thrown his, <laughs> his script away. So I think we're going to just roll with it. And it was where the, yeah. the, the, the director, and I feel so bad for her because she, uh, you know, I think she was like ah, trying to shout the, you know, the real lines, trying to get me back on track. But I just was was running with this idea and what and, and what was happening in the moment. And then my friends in the cast as well. And the first and second grade class was howling with laughter. And I think that was the, oh my God, like the power that I had yeah. um, and the joy that I was bringing them and just how, how excited it made me. Uh, that was when it really started. I, but, and then I was always very, very, um, you know, big and dramatic and, and, and uh, love to be the class clown in the center of attention. And so for a long time, uh, much to the chagrin of a lot of my teachers, it was about, you know, being the cut up in class. Yeah. Um, and I always walked that fine line of like, I wasn't, uh, <laughs> I mean, I justified it as like, I wasn't disrespectful. I wasn't a bad kid in air quotes, but, um, <laughs> but I was kind of, I was, I was disruptive in the sense that like, I was always making jokes and um, doing things behind my teacher's back and, and, and stuff like that. And yeah, so I did get, you know, I did get into some trouble and that went all the way through, you know, through high school. Um, but, but, but then there was like community theater in my town. And, uh, so I did, uh, because the only thing that, that they were offering were, were musicals and, and I had mm. been in the choir and things like that at school. So I knew how to sing and, uh, but that's more, you know, you're kind of learning on the fly. There was no formal acting, uh, education or anything like that. Yeah. Um, getting up into high school, that was where it was more like, you know, improv. I was a member of drama club and we did a couple shows. We did a, uh, a comedy or my senior year that like, once again, it was like a bookend to kindergarten where we had one of those shows that, you know, the high schools always do, um, this, I think this one was, this one was called here comes the judge, which it's really cheap to get the rights to. Mm. Um, and the other thing is that because it's such a, a lesser known show uh we we i mean we totally went wild with the with the improv we basically ended up just keeping the framework of the plot just so there were some boundaries yeah but everything else was just so improvised and it was different every single night uh and and by the end it started to get a little too extreme because you feel like you got to top yourself if you know if if one friend in the cast did this and it's like okay i'm going to i'm going to get an even bigger laugh tomorrow yeah. night with this um and because we had a teacher that was so you know it's 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 high school drama so it's we we weren't we weren't uh fortunate enough to have like an actual uh somebody who was trained in drama so i feel like in a, you know especially in a lot of public schools you get the english teacher yes um, who's the closest thing because you're learning you know you're working on plays and and stuff like that and poetry and things like it's the closest to the performing arts and um and we had a teacher which who was just if he, if it made him laugh then we kept it yeah uh, and then it was when i got into college that i had to kind of make the choice of you know what do i you know obviously what do i want my major to be the only mm -hmm. other big decision before then was because i played baseball for a really really long time and um 
and the older you get and the more serious you get about a sport, the more time it takes. Like, like most, yeah. Because you're like, yeah. and I was really, really developing uh, as like a starting second baseman. And I was, I was uh, batting, I think like first or second in the order. And because, you know, I was going through, this was like at about 15, 16. Um, so my body was changing. I was getting more muscle. I was getting faster. And because I'd been playing baseball for over a decade, like organized league ball, um, I came to a crossroads one summer when I was 15 or 60, where it was like, you know, now do you, do you try out for the high school team, which is then a huge commitment, or do you do, you know, do you do like the summer traveling league? Mm. Uh, again, huge commitment. And it kind of came down to a summer traveling uh league uh team or doing a play and even then i knew that like this is this is bigger than just like oh you know this year i'll do a play you know or yeah i'll do a play and next year i'll play but this was like this is going to be i think subconsciously this is going to be the end of my baseball career um which was something that i had kind of entertained along with uh, some other you know marine biology and chemist yeah. Um, storm chaser. I really, <laughs> for some reason, love tornadoes, a baseball player, professional baseball player. And, um, that was when I made the choice to say, no, I think I'd like to do, uh, you know, guys and dolls this summer, as opposed to going on the road with, uh, you know, the, the yeah. Babe Ruth league. Um, and yeah, I never played, uh, organized baseball again, like league ball. Um, not that I regret it at all. I mean, it's fun, you know, I, I go back to like batting cages and, and stuff like that. I played softball yeah. on, the, on the, on the, um, Broadway league, uh, a few games when I could. And it's, uh, it's like, you know, riding a bike and all comes yeah. right back. But, but it really wasn't until I got to college that I really saw just how serious and how difficult, um, this was because that was when I, that was like the first time that I got into really serious plays and, and actually did drama, uh, and I kind of went into undergrad with the still a bit of the, like the plan B. So I majored in, um, film studies. It was under the communications department, but it was a film studies. I kind of like made my own major with, um, film editing and then a minor in creative writing. Luckily, um, they had opened because I, you know, I thought about it in terms of if I don't make it as an actor, what could I be almost as happy doing with my life? And it was, yeah. and it was film editing and it was writing, um, basically being a filmmaker, being on the other side of the camera. Uh, so that's what I went into, um, formally for my major, but luckily the, the university that I went to, unlike a lot of universities, you didn't have to be a theater major, a BFA uh, major candidate to audition for the plays. Obviously they had preferential treatment, but anybody could mm -hmm. audition and anybody could potentially be cast. And they were doing a production of angels in America, uh, part one millennium approaches the Tony Kushner mm. masterpiece Fantasia. And, uh, and I auditioned for the role of Joe Pitt, one of the leads and arguably the most complicated character in that, in that, in particularly in part one, he kind of takes a little bit of a backseat in Perestroika part two, but um, I got the part and it was one of the biggest, I mean, most uh, life-changing baptisms by fire because I still had not had 
any formal acting training. And I had this huge part in this, in this, you know, really, really intense, uh, demanding play and mm. felt a lot of pressure. And the director was, was basically giving me acting lessons, uh, on the fly, like teaching me basic acting, you know, one one like I had my yeah. instincts and I had raw talent or, you know, whatever you want to call it, but I didn't have any, you know, voice and speech other than my singing. And I didn't have any way to like really tap into the, um, the, the emotional states that I needed to go. I didn't know how to break down a script and, and things like that. It was kind of just little things that I picked up here and there I was trying to incorporate, but I mean, and it's a long play. It's a big play and the character goes on such a journey. Yeah. And I'll never forget. Um, probably the best, again, another crossroads moment. Um, but some of the best acting, probably the best lesson, uh, that I ever received up, up, definitely up until that point, uh, obviously going to, you know, drama school after I graduated, you get, get them all the time, every single day. But this one was when we were in a rehearsal and it was myself, it was one other actor, uh, and it was the director and the assistant director behind the table. And I was having so, so much trouble just cracking this scene. I just couldn't. It was all surface mm. um, for me. And and the other the other actor was, uh, you know, and I was a freshman in, in, in college. And he, uh, or no, no, I wasn't a freshman. No, I think it was a sophomore, sophomore or junior. Um, but this other actor was like, you know, he was a senior. He was a BFA, about to graduate with a BFA. Like he was all four years was was theater mm. and i felt so bad for him because i was so green and i was you know i felt like i was failing and we tried it a bunch of times um and it just wasn't working and the director you know after i don't know 10 times of like trying to really like you got to get to him saying saying steven you know it's not too late and me saying what josh what what is what do you mean He's like, you know, we're only two two weeks into rehearsals. Like, it's not too late if you wanna, if you don't think you can do this. Like, we could recast; it'd be okay. Yeah. And there was something about him presenting it to me that way and laying down a gauntlet, like a, a challenge to me. That I again, I was at this place where I'm like, Stephen, this is really difficult. You could easily say. Yeah, you know what? I think this might be a little much for me right now. Um, maybe I'll go back. You know, I'll do some more comedy, or you know, I'll I'll I'll, yeah. I'll start a little. I'll start a little smaller. Or fuck you. I think I I I know that I that I can do this. I know it's going to take a whole lot more work than I've been putting in. But now you've challenged me. Now you've you've I've interpreted this as even though he said it very nicely. You don't think I can do this. And so it became, <laughs> I'm going to prove you wrong. And so you talk about like objectives, obviously, is the big, you know, thing when it when it comes to to acting is what do you need? What do you what what, what if you don't get this, um, yeah. will the, the the disintegration of everything that you hold dear in your entire life and all the stakes and everything. It was I need to prove Josh Pearlstein, the director, <laughs> wrong. I need to show him that I can do this. And so I was, I started like reading books about, you know, like how to, 
you know, what, what do I need to do? I really, really listened to him so hard. I really, you know, I didn't, I, I kind of pulled back on the social aspect of like being in a play and theater and, yeah. and, and really, really focused on, um, and I think probably, you know, my grades in my, you know, cause I was still <laughs> going to class. This wasn't like, you know, in the off season, uh, you know, during, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, and I ended up, uh, sticking with it and, and doing and finishing the play, doing the entire run and ending up winning a theater award, uh, for best actor, uh, at the, for, for the, for the university's theater department. Fantastic. Um, the end of that year. But yeah. it was like, and, and still, you know, I think back to it, you know, now and I'm like, oh, I was still, but the fact that I, that I stayed in that and that I, and that I, and that it took something like somebody saying, I don't think you can do this, um, yeah. was, was such an education of like, because I, I think that that, that plays into my own insecurities of like, I didn't think, but hearing it from someone else, um, it triggered something in me and, again, propelled me into this, like, I'm going to, I don't know for a fact, I can't see the future of what's going to happen, but I really, really believe that I can handle this um, and sticking with it and doing it. And then obviously the icing on a cake, getting that, that award and getting like nominated for a, a KCACTF, this theater festival thing that they do that like the winners present scenes and monologues and stuff at the Kennedy center. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't end up winning that, but I was still went to the, you know, went, it went, went and competed, um, because of that performance, the strength of that performance. And I think that if I had, uh, if I had said to myself and said to the director gone the other way and said, I don't, yeah, you know what, you're better off. I'm so sorry to, you know, uh, to Eddie, who was my scene partner, like, yeah, I'm not giving you what you need. And I'm, I, I just don't have what it takes for this play right now. I don't know where I'd be right now. I don't know. I don't know mm -hmm. if I would have come back. Um, so that was yeah. probably the biggest and then sent me into, you know, this is really what I want to do with my life. This is the true, it's, it's only going to get harder because I know that that, like I said, that was still on the fly and I yeah. knew that I needed formal education. And that was when on the strength of that performance. And then I did a couple other plays there before I graduated and, was like okay now i begin saving up to move to new york and which drama school do i you know do i want to apply to do i want to audition for and and what do i want to do but 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 knowing by the time i got out that this is definitely um nothing is is more is, that i've encountered has been more difficult but also yeah nothing has been ultimately more rewarding and the the height of of third eye opening i mean i'm sure you've you felt that too where it's just like this connection of to a higher power through you and the audience and um yeah. so that's that's the way i always i i remind myself when i start to feel like oh if there's that you know, you know inevitable downtime and low like thing like that's nothing when when i'm doing it um be it on a on a tv set or a movie set or in a theater or even even developing like i was last week like developing uh working on a new play um or doing stuff i'm a i'm a lifetime member of the actor studio and doing stuff there and working at in, in session there uh nothing brings me more joy um and so that's where i'm like then yeah this is still what i'm that i'm what i'm what i'm meant to do 
that is that is so fascinating and i love the fact that you that that moment of where you made the decision to take on this challenge and to rise above those doubts that others had put on you and and perhaps even doubts that were forming in your own mind about your own capabilities and say no i'm going to i'm going to put in the work and do that would you say that now moving on you know in this in this day and age where you're at right now on your current projects and audiobooks as well do you still have that so do you get to that do you use that that the same mentality of I'm going to push through this challenge I'm, I can take on this challenge do you feel that fire you know now on these current projects oh yeah yeah I mean it's because I'm always looking you're always looking for like something new I, I you want that constant stimulation mm. um it's it's daunting and it's and it can be scary to obviously do things that you've never done before but ultimately it's like I I'm constantly um on a quest to and it sounds so strange but uh but, but to prove myself wrong mm. so like if I put it in my head which is always the default is like you're not going to be able to do that you know and that and that's that's goes back to like the you know early child and, and heredity mm. um of like that those insecurities uh which a lot of actors have <laughs> uh, a lot of artists a lot of people um of just like you're not going to be able to do but then so it's it's almost like i have that director's voice in my head and then that becomes the motivator of like well why not why couldn't why couldn't i do this and what and 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 all, then also what's the worst that could happen if if i don't or if it doesn't turn out to be what i thought it would be you know or or yeah yeah so it's like with the um with the you know with audiobooks it i had never done that before and they uh i don't know if you want me to move into like how i got into audiobooks absolutely yeah um, okay so i did a 3 year uh conservatory acting program at the stella adler studio in in new york city and they put a very very um in addition to obviously the imagination and 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 the tenets of of stella adler uh and and stanislavski really in general, uh, mm -hmm. is voice and speech because she was all about uh, size, and you know, actors have to have that. You have to rise to the character, and and um, and and because she came from a theater background, so they put a real, a real emphasis on that. And their voice and speech program is is fantastic. Um, and so when I was in my third year, which is like the company year, the final year, um, you're the, the, there were especially the second half of that year second semester they you know they're really gearing you up for uh industry you know like what so now how do we best position you to have work as soon as lined up as soon as you graduate um mm. because, like a lot of programs like it's you know other 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 uh fields professional fields they have you know job placement and things like that or internships and stuff like that to kind of but with with acting it's it's a little um it's a little trickier. There's apprenticeship programs and, and stuff like that. But so they were really great about getting us ready uh, because there's such an emphasis on the theater that that last year about on camera and auditioning and how auditioning is its own skill set in itself um, mm. and meeting industry people. And one of those uh, in, in different mediums, theater, television, film. Uh, but one of those was was audiobooks, which I obviously knew audible had existed because their ads were all over the subways and all over <laughs> new york city and you know midtown and and uh and, and manhattan but 
um, I'd never listened to an audio, but I mean, I'd done, you know, the, when I was little, like books on tape and stuff like, yeah. like Disney yeah. stuff. Um, but it, but, but I always loved to read and I just thought that that was so fascinating. And I was like, oh my God. So they had, uh, one of their producers and a veteran, uh, audiobook narrator come to our, uh, school and do like a workshop for a few hours and, listening to uh mike charzak who is still at uh audible i think he's in a different different uh, more senior uh, position now than he was uh, then um just listening to him speak about uh the audiobook industry and and what it entailed and how they were you know so excited about you know these outgoing um uh acting students and especially schools that put a real real emphasis on on voice and speech uh mm. that and and just like you know and 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 the and the uh the the vast amounts of of the genres and characters that we could play because when you know once you take your face out of the equation yeah um you know the 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 things that you can do and i and i really started thinking about oh my god like if i could narrate this book or that book or i could you know and and obviously get paid for it that would yeah. be amazing um and and then listening to their veteran uh narrator you know, do a little bit of like on the fly copy, uh, like j just like reading out the excerpts of, of books that I think she had done. Mm. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And so when they were asking for volunteers, you know, like, oh, if anybody want, would like to come up and I was like, my hand was the first one up. I was like, I, I really got to, because again, I'm looking at, at a lot of these, um, you know, these people that they had come in, uh, industry reps and stuff like that. It was like, oh, it's, you know, take it, take it easy. It's, it's, it's a mock audition. It's a mock interview. I was like, there's no such thing. Like I'm, this is, I, this, this is my, basically my audition for this audible producer. This is my audition for audible. Um, yeah. so I'm going to do this as much as I can, as best as I can. Obviously this is still very new, but approaching this as if I would, it were a monologue, um, any other kind of, of, uh, of, of just written text that I would do at, at school. Mm. And so, I did the best that I could while I was at the, you know, while, while Mike was there and got his card afterwards and um, reached out to him pretty soon after, I think like a day or two afterwards. And he obviously remembered me and brought me in for an audition. Well, they sent me three pieces of, um, you know, excerpts from different genres because he re mm -hmm. remembered my voice um, from, from when I, you know, done the, uh, the little exercises in, in, in the workshop and, uh, and said that it's like you you have this youthful exuberance but your voice is also kind of low so you have this gravitas and so you know it, they're like casting directors he's like you could play you know you could do nonfiction, you know about about big data or you could do yeah. sci-fi or you could do young adult uh so i came into their headquarters in in newark um it was probably like maybe just three weeks or so after that workshop um and audition i had, I had prepped these these things again as best as best i could and mm. it was just me in the in the booth with mike on the other side of the glass and um and he him just giving me some tips as i went along and ultimately basically hired me that day and wow i think i had within maybe a week i had my first uh book i was hired for my first book which was the reluctant entrepreneur uh, that was a nonfiction about like building your business from $1 to a million dollars. And, um, 
And then after that, it went to a, a like coming of age uh, type, yeah, like young adult novel, and then uh, a sci-fi. It was like Bing, 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 uh, and it, and 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 I loved it. I loved the fact that it was so different. And 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 you know, I listen to those titles now, and it's it's total cringe. I I, <laughs> I wish, especially reluctant entrepreneur. Like I really wish that I could go back and do it again. But again, yeah. you know. I, you know, I didn't, it was just so it, you, you, you I know more. I know, I, I know yeah. so much more now because the big thing that I can hear in those three is the tension. And I know that I was, I know that I was very, very nervous, um, about doing those first few books, but then you just kind of like fall into a, you, I did a lot more listening to audiobooks. I, cause that is what I, you know, I tell people, um, who are interested. I'm like, the best thing that I did was find a book that you, you know, that you really, really love. Maybe it could be a book that you could potentially be, you could, you could be cast, uh, to, to mm. do it or, or no, but it's just a book that you really, really love. Um, that in, in hard copy, in print form, find the audio book and buy it and listen and what, while reading along and just seeing how this person, um, hopefully, you know, again, they're a really good, yeah. they're, they're a really good narrator. You see their cadence, you see how they, their pacing, you see how they, um, uh, you know, how, how they make it uh, acting, how they make it a performance, um, mm -hmm. and, and how they keep it riveting over, you know, potentially hundreds and hundreds of pages. Um, and I'll just, that, that was one of the best exercises of like be, just silently reading. Oh my God, that's how, yeah. And doing that enough in different genres. Um, because I've done that for, uh, I have screenplays and every once in a while, you know, I, I, I don't do it as much now as I used to, but I'll put on a movie and I'll read the screenplay yes. while, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. silently while the movie's going on, you get to see, oh, that's how that, you know, and you get to just see the importance of actions and tactics and all those acting buzzwords and, and stuff like that but especially uh with audiobooks how they just bring it alive because it is essentially um unless you're doing a multicast or a or a you know a duet uh yeah. narration it's it's a monologue it's just an oration you're just you're just sitting there and you're doing all the parts you're doing everything um and yeah. how how do you make something you know a draw if you're doing nonfiction, how do you make that really really interesting how do you make somebody like really compelled to to uh want to listen and want to learn from you for potentially 30 hours you know what i mean Lots. yeah these books are really long in those first few audiobook projects was there an aspect that you found more challenging maybe something that you you'd never sort of considered to be challenging um or considered even a a, a thing when first starting out, was there was there anything that sort of springs to mind? And you kind of think, oh, I really struggled with that. That was a, that was something that I had to work on. I think the biggest thing was uh, was reading out loud for extended periods of time. Hmm. I think that that's something that a lot of people, uh, when you're new, and and there are great videos like the, the whenever any because there are a lot of people I'm sure like with you too like it they're very interested uh, actors in in getting into this industry. I think maybe they feel that it's easy. Yes. That it's like, you know, oh, well, you're just reading out loud. But that's like the conversation of like, oh, well, what is acting? You just got, especially if it's 
film you're sitting in the you know it's it's so i'm like no it's not it's just you watch people who are so fucking good at it yes yeah. they make it seem like it's easy but it's not or they've been doing it for as long so long that it's second nature to them so i think with me um it was both both like i said a blessing and a, and a curse to get the first book uh, after being hired as a nonfiction about entrepreneurship, you know, it wasn't yeah. even something that was, you know, like I said, like, uh, like, uh, if it had been about sharks or, you know, oh, well, I wanted to be a marine <laughs> biologist or baseball or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Or tornadoes and <laughs> storm clouds. <laughs> this was something that I was like, I don't, I don't really care. Um, but like a lot of like how do you then how do I invest myself in this to make it this because it has to really appeal to you first hmm. um and 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 how do you make that uh how do you because if you seem bored then the listener is going to be bored and be like ah, this is just this is robotic um hmm. I think the first part was okay, let me break this down as if for a month and find the things that are really interesting. And, and then gradually just, you know, after you read the, after I read the, through the book, you start to really feel, especially I lucked out because this book was written in first person because the, the, the particular author, um, I think his name was Michael Masterson. Uh, it, that's, that's like what he does is he helps businesses build from small to, you know, and, and really take yeah, off yeah. into multimillion dollar. So that really helped. And even to this day, when things are written in first person, it, it really, it makes it so much easier when it's I, I, I. And so I remember that I was, when I was working on it by myself, pre preparing, you start to feel like, yeah, I have done this. And there was like this confidence. Um, and you start to feel like I am this guy. I, I have done this. I, Steven have done these things and, and you need me, uh, to teach you how to do these things so that you can succeed and have the big houses and the, and the luxury cars and, you know, and the sweet life. So I'd done all of that yeah. and I was like, oh, this is great. But then sitting in that booth for the first time, I mean, basically the whole, the whole duration of the, 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 as many sessions as it took to record and remembering that like, this isn't, uh, you know, 30 minutes at a time. This is hour. This is like four or five hours. I mean, excuse me, you could take breaks here and there and for water and, and stuff like that, but we're, you're going to sit here and you have this amount of time because there's a deadline um, that you have to finish this book and, and, and trying to sustain um, that was when the training, the physical, the technical training really kicked in because again, I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm doing, you know, Shakespeare in the park and hmm. I'm unmiked where it's like, that is its own, uh, you know, set of skills where you have to like reach the back row outside but still make it seem like you're not shouting <laughs> everything and still make it natural this was like you know so self-contained because obviously you're you're speaking at the level that you would be if you were just having a conversation at a restaurant about with 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 your best friend uh help mm -hmm. trying to help them build their business but getting the breath right getting the pacing not, not like sh um you know making sure that the relaxation was there all those things that i had learned over those three years at, at adler at the conservatory yeah. came into play and i'm like if i didn't have that training i would not be able to do this um 
because it's it's and even even now uh i'll i'll be in the booth and i'll be you know recording for 4 hours or something and and i'll get out and and i'll just be like why am i so tired because you really think about it, you're like, yeah, I'm not, you know, it's not like, I mean, I, and, and it pisses me off, but like, I, I hear construction like outside and I'm like, these guys are in these thick coveralls and they're jackhammering and they're tarring and it's hot and all this physical labor. Like that's a job where yeah. they should be tired. I'm sure that they are just, they've just fall into bed um, at the end of the day, but like, so just like, what am I doing? I'm just sitting in a chair. I even, I'll, I'll, you know, ask my wife, I'll be like, why am I, so, why do I feel like going to bed at nine o'clock? And it's because I am utilizing that, you know, I, there, there's things that you don't even realize that you're, I'm making sure my posture, my relaxation, the concentration of, um, of, uh, you know, obviously making this consistently compelling and interesting and, and, and constantly engaged and obviously i'm staring at an ipad so you start you know even though i have yeah, the blue yeah, light yeah. and all the, the you know to make it as easy on my eyes as possible um that level of of concentration it's just your my brain is 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 working you know um overtime is working mm -hmm. really really hard so even though physically you know maybe i'm not there are a few obviously times where i'm, I'm gesturing big but it's it's all from a seated position, but I I leave and I'm like woof, um, because you know and then you never know you 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 could be doing a scene where you're having this vicious argument between a married couple and then yeah you're making up or you know you're having this really emotional, um, uh, what did I do oh yeah the the book that I'm working on now, uh, it it was a character when you really really find a character that is so similar to you. Like I was saying before, like I've always battled with um, anxiety, serious anxiety and depression and, and have been, you know, in therapy since I was in eighth, eighth grade, since basically 13. Um, and it's been a constant, you know, struggle. And so when you come across a character that's going through those same things, it really like, it, it it really strikes you. And there was a character in this book that was trying to admit to his partner that like, I really, I feel like I need help. I feel like I've, I keep all, I keep this happy, um, you know, upbeat front mm. and, and, and the other character actually hates him for it. They're, they're the two guys that are kind of like, um, you know, they're falling in love with one character is this grumpy, like, why is he always happy? And then they finally had this real conversation where he's like, I'm not just this foolishly, you know, um, blissfully oblivious, ignorant, like, oh, everything's happy. And it's not an, it's, it's something that I'm doing to protect myself because underneath I'm so, mm. and that conversation, like, but uh, that was after I got through that and it was only maybe, um, you know, I don't know, 10 or 15 pages, but yeah, I had to take a break because you're just mm. like, not only is it, is it emotionally, uh, taxing to be that uh, to be the character that's that's admitting all these things about himself but then you have to immediately switch to the other yeah and be a character that's like maybe he doesn't care so much like why is he telling me this and so to have to go back and forth and backwards like, I'm trying to open up to you about my problem yeah but I I'm okay and having to switch that it's like that's why you 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 walk out of the booth and you're like oh I just want to veg out on the couch now 
I, I know exactly what you mean. I think, And I think you, you really do put yourself through the ringer because you're really feeling it and you're really in that zone. And, you know, and, and for all intents and purposes, you know, if, if you're narrating an argument, you might as well have just had a big blazing row. Um, like, you know, your body doesn't know the difference. Then you, I always find myself, like, when I come out of the booth, I always think, okay, just now, just settle down a little bit now, just make sure, you know, sort of reminding myself that there isn't actually this horrific thing that's happening to us. That was a character, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, yeah, I, I've, you know, done done that, or or it gets, like, you know, really, really, obviously working in, in romance as much as I do, it gets really yeah. steamy. Yes. Um, and things like that. So you're doing, you know, you're doing that. And then it's always so funny. And I've had like, you know, when I've done interviews or when I've talked to people about, um, you know, cause inevitably the question comes up like, Oh, what's it like to do, you know, sex scenes and things. I said, yeah. well, first of all, on the surface of it, it's, it's hilarious to me because like we were just saying, yeah, you know, there's, there's the, the emotional, um, you know, roller coaster of, of, having an argument or having, you know, a breakup or a confrontation. But when you're on the roller coaster of having sex with someone and it's just, <laughs> it's just you, um, it's, it's so, it's, it's, it's so funny. And, uh, but obviously that unless it's written funny, it's not funny ultimately no. in the delivery it's you got to obviously the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaks, but you do take the breaks but i said what's always really um one of the funniest things is when you know when it gets really intense and especially if it's a you know extended kind of scene where there's like the real build-up and then the you know the climax and then the 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 uh you know come down um yeah that i will like i have this glass window uh in my <laughs> my booth i have one uh, on my right side and i have one on the door behind me and when i finish and i turn and i see that it's completely steamed up there's like this like oh my god it's just like wow i might as well have actually done that in in this room in this in this little box um it's it's almost like that's the mark of okay I think I, uh, if, if I just steamed up yeah. this glass, this is, I probably did a pretty good job. Yeah. You committed to that. The and I like this one. Yeah. <laughs> I always can get, you know, gauge like, oh, that was only half, only half steamed. No, I got to go back and do it again or, yeah. Um, but again, but, it's, you, 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 you never know. Um, and, and in a lot of these books, like I said, it's, in, in a, in a, in a four hour session, it's like, yeah, there's one chapter where the characters are fighting um and and because a lot of romances contemporary romances are written dual so you you alternate uh with with your um usually a co-narrator uh sometimes you you know you do a chapter where we had a huge fight and it was a blowout and then there's the other person's chapter which is where in that chapter they inevitably fix the problem mm. and so then you come back and now you're best friends or you're you're romantically you're you're so you're getting married if it's towards the end of the book if it's a yeah. happy happy ending um or you're having said you're like wow we were just fighting and now <laughs> you know or there's somebody got murdered or somebody's you know we found somebody in a trunk or there's another huge betrayal and yeah um yeah and you never and and that's one of the things that i I love and and I think they said a few people said this at APAC because it's the thing that that um, I feel like as actors is is just you know manna from heaven 
uh, is that with with voiceover, you can play anything. Um, mm-hmm. There obviously is, you know, there's certain, there is a type, there is a, you know, be it animation or um, <clears throat> or audiobooks or any kind of like, you know, voiceover, even, even in commercials, like there's, there's a, this is what, you know, this person does well uh and you're not gonna you know you know you're not gonna have so and so do you know like brooding romance like they just th- their voice just isn't pitched that way they'd have to really drop it down to an unnatural um kind of place but for the most part i mean you know i just did a th- this like big mythical um you know epic where mm-hmm. it was uh you know i'm playing this like uh this guy who 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 washed up in a river it, it, so it, it, it's like this arthurian um uh kind of legend thing where this woman in the water like saved him and and gave him a quest and so he goes on this quest through this mythical so i'm playing like you know this this hero with half his face scarred um you know riding a horse through through the the these woods of mists and and and, you know, Avalon and things like that. And, and yeah. then I'm playing, you know, like monsters I'm playing, I'm doing the voice of, I'm having a conversation where it's, it's the, uh, you know, female fae, which is like a kind of fairy, uh, princess, my character, and then a goblin. And then this hag who lives on a bloody stump. And then there's this monster with three heads. One's a bird, one's a scorpion. Uh, no, there's a person. And it's like, you, that that's where you really, obviously take it very, very seriously because in the world of these characters, it's life or death. But I leave and I, I'm like, this is where I feel like a little kid. This is where you feel <laughs> like going all the way back to when, you know, your your parents or your teachers or or whoever, or even you were like reading, actually reading out loud when you still did that, when you were learning and mm-hmm. showing the picture or or reading those young adult, you know, like choose your own adventure or, or the Lord of the Rings when you were little and things like that. And you're like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm back to doing this. And I'm, this is how I'm making my living. Um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty uh, magical. Yeah. I've said, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so after, after a, you know, a, a steamy session in the booth or, you know, after being on stage or working on TV and film, when you're not doing those things, what 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 do you most you know what what can we find you up to most often to to you know in your downtime uh i really i i i really like to to travel um mm. i i didn't do that really all so much because of obviously financial reasons and and the and just you know there i i needed to you know make my way in the world um mm. but uh but since meeting my wife who we met uh about 10 years ago doing a play uh and because of her upbringing of uh being the um the child of people who who worked in the foreign service in the state department she was all over the world uh she had this real wonderlust that i was kind of in a place of like yeah it'd be nice to go someday um yeah and it it kind of like and she was always like yeah we need to try but it but it wasn't just like a uh, it wasn't that way. It wasn't like that kind of wistful. Yeah. So it was, well, when do you want when, you know, like we got to set a date <laughs> um, and where do you want to go in this? And, and what do you want to do? Um, so we started having conversations like that pretty early on. And then I, 
uh, booked a play. I did a, a tour of a of a of a drama uh, called Hikobai in Japan, which is all about the Tohoku uh, earthquake and tsunami in in 2011. And yeah. and I did like nine different cities uh, all up and down Japan on some of the wow. smaller islands. And then and I had never I, the farthest I like my you know we I'd been I'd been to Puerto Rico, and I'd been to Canada, which are very I mean. Puerto Rico it, it did did kind of feel like a, a a foreign country, even though it's you know mm. it's basically the United States and and Canada you know the same way we went to old Montreal, um and some of the parts felt like okay this is the cobblestone in the accord like this feels like we're in a different country but it was, again it was basically the United States just nicer um yeah <laughs> cleaner <laughs> uh, but uh but I so I had never and so to go from that to the other to basically as far uh, you know on the other side of the world before you start coming back again um it was just it was mind blowing the and and to be doing theater over there uh and especially theater like that that this was this was in 2013 so this was you know only a couple years like they were still rebuilding um and they're still rebuilding after the you know especially the Fukushima the the uh nuclear plant um mm -hmm. You know all that stuff and the radio the fallout and um so it was just i it, that that was one of those like I, I i again reminded of why i love what i do when you see that human element and what this play these stories uh mean to people but also just the adventure of going around the going to the other side of the world to this culture where i you know again like you know going to puerto rico um, because I had, I had four years of Spanish in, in middle school and high school. Like I could, I could, um, you know, get by, I could, I could, most people spoke English and things like that, but I could read the signs. Even when we went off the beaten path, Canada, like all those Latin based, those romance languages, um, you can kind of, you know, you, you can, you can figure out basically what they're all kind of the same. They're very, very similar to English. There, there's a, there's a, a connection to it, but to go to Japan where it's kanji and those characters and there's no frame of reference that I had and having to, because my character was a, was a, a doctor, like an intern, he was uh, an inter intern at one of the hospitals in the, in the Northeast uh, prefecture, the Tohoku region, which was hit yeah. the hardest by the the tsunami and the, the uh, earthquake. Um, I had to learn Japanese. I had to do like a crash course because like, I'm working in a Japanese hospital, having to give people advice. And, you know, so it's about like 65, 70% of my lines were in Japanese. Um, and you start to learn, like having to retrain my brain to work in a way that I'm like, no, this is not Spanish where, yes, yeah, some of the words are basically the same in English, or even I studied Italian for a couple of years. Like this is no, this was completely new. Um, but that kind of harkens back to what I was saying where I was like, I, what the hell am I doing? how am I going to like, maybe if this were Spanish or did it like something that I, I have a, a, a rudimentary knowledge of, but this is, how am I going to do this? And it ended up, I ended up doing it. It's like amazing when you can surprise yourself in that way, but going over there and, um, the, that sense of adventure was like, okay, we, I got to do this again. So then coming back and, 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 obviously then setting a goal like saving up and and traveling to Europe I had never been to and 
So doing all of that was was great. Obviously, that's not something that I do all the time, uh, but that's something yeah. that I usually, you know, I try to look forward to like once a year or maybe once every two years we'll we'll go on a you know on a really amazing trip. Um I really do like to read uh in my in my spare time. I don't read <clears throat> uh romance recreationally. Uh, but I think that's just because I'm exposed to it. So on such a regular basis, uh, in my professional career, yeah. um, uh, I really like going to the, going to the gym, um, being outdoors. I have a, a dog that we got back in October. So that's been a lot of fun, uh, taking care of her. Um, yeah, yeah. Just being, I mean, you know, New York City, the museums, and and I love going to movies, especially like uh, classic films or you know, like those special screenings of, you know, see see Clockwork Orange on the big screen or yeah. Paper Moon or King Kong, even like things like that. I like to take advantage of that and and um, the museums in New York and and the theater and and just it's it's one of those when I when I get down on the city about mostly because of how expensive it is. Um, just the the that that things are so uh at your fingertips that nowhere else um could you go and do all these different things uh so easily yeah uh, going to see you know vivaldi's four seasons in a church on the upper west side by candlelight <laughs> you know like just hey, you want to go do this it's it's 20 bucks oh okay yeah it's yeah. Uh, i i i always have to remind myself like wow this this place really is fascinating um, yeah it's but it's fascinating yeah it's not known as the best city in the world for nothing <laughs> exactly exactly no there's a lot of truth to it yeah it's not perfect and and obviously it, it i always you know have the conversation with my my wife about like I, I i think i have to not think of new york as this organism even though it's hard not to um because there is such an electricity and a vitality to it you're like it's just built it's it's land it's just a landmass it's, it's building and things like that it has no but when you know but but again when when things are going really well oh i heart new york and new york hearts me <laughs> and then when it's not going well you're like fuck you you know then you get into like the tough you know fuck you you fucking fuck um yeah. and you're like ah i can't wait to fucking get out of this place but you have these moments even if it's just something as simple as um you know where where we live is in Astoria so it's right over the East River part of Queens in Long Island City we mm. live right by the river and sometimes you know I'll just be like running and coming back uh you can see the skyline and if I catch it at sunset it like it takes your breath away and you're like oh man mm. something so simple um especially now that the weather's getting nicer yeah um, see more people out and see more smiles and yeah yeah Oh, it's a it's a gorgeous city. What's the um What's the best place for our audience to keep up with you online? Have you got any? You know, have you got, what's what's your preferred social media or or, or hangout space? Uh, I mean, I'm on I'm def I'm on Instagram. It's uh, at peanut butter and ketchup is my. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I started <love> <laughs> on Instagram. I started on Instagram to. I, I wanted to kind of keep that very small. So I was like, ah, no, I won't go Stephen, you know, Stephen Dexter. I'll make it kind of obscure. Maybe make it hard to, even though you type it in, that's what comes up. Uh, you type in my name. Um, but I've started to grow my, my following on there. I'm, I'm on Facebook, uh, 
if you go to just Stephen Dexter, uh, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, or Stephen Dexter Actor, um, I'm on there. And then I have uh, stephendexter.com is my website where I'm pretty um, pretty good about like keeping up to, up to date the uh, you know the goings on, yeah. And stuff as as projects come out, uh, and then you know just on Audible, my all my titles are there. Uh, I really have been trying to. F I I have a TikTok profile, but I have not ticked nor talked yet <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out the best like what would be the most interesting and what would be the most fun yeah uh, for me to kind of do on a on a regular basis so um stay tuned but there probably will be some some ticking and talking uh, oh that is exciting but, yeah i mean uh, I, i'm like i can do things easily from from the booth i have a dog like there's a lot of interesting things <laughs> That would be fun um, and not just feel like, ah, oh, I got to do another video today. Yeah. Um, and not just, you know, something that will keep me like glued to my phone or my computer, but something like, oh, this is this is something I'd like to share with people. I'd love to end the show by just simply asking if if you have any upcoming projects. I know you've mentioned a few um, just before we were recording. Um, if you have any upcoming projects that you're excited about that perhaps we can look forward to. Yeah. Uh... As of right now, I mean, I'm working on writing my first feature length screenplay. Nice. Uh, so that's something that, you know, it'll it'll be a little while before obviously anybody can, um, there'll be something to see. Yeah. But, uh, but that's been, you know, again, one of those, I, I did a short film called American Morning uh, that won a few awards and, and um, we were very fortunate that that had quite made quite an impact on on our audiences uh, when we were on the festival circuit in 21 and 22. Yeah, uh, which can be seen on Venmo or not Venmo. Oh, God. Vimeo. Vimeo. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's on Vimeo. You can just type in American Morning and watch the full film there. Uh, but it deals with uh, like mass shootings and gun violence um, mm. in 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 America because it's that's an issue that I um, I'm a strong uh, advocate for uh, common sense gun control um, mm. because of the problems uh, severe problems that we have here that no other developed country has and mm. uh, so that's something that's that's out there now for people to see. Um, and then you know the audiobooks and then it's it's constantly it's constant i mean you know like it, it can it can you can i could get something today um it's just for the most part it's been the audiobooks there's constantly stuff coming out uh there which is always obviously on audible and things available for pre-order mm. uh and then things just in development things that i'm um fortunate enough to work on but 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 nothing that's uh going to be out to to the mass populace in the near future okay um but yeah but there's constantly there's yeah stuff all the irons in the fire yeah that sounds fantastic there and especially the screenplay and obviously congratulations on the short film and things i mean that's amazing what i'll make sure is that um if it's okay with you of course that i'll make sure that the um vimeo link is is in the description front and center um so folks can uh, can have easy access and, and check that out um, but yeah, that just about brings us to a close for this episode of the Audiobook Club. Um, as I say, all of the links to Stephen's social media, website and uh, everything that's mentioned uh, will be linked in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. And of course, Stephen, a huge, huge, huge thank you to you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to everyone else uh, for listening. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. 
Frustrated by the royalty rates for your audiobook? Annoyed that when the digital distributors say 70% royalties, they actually mean 70% of 50% or 80% of 70%, neither of which is an actual 70%. Wishing there was a way to cut out the middleman? Yet, you want your audiobook listeners to have a smooth and positive experience, and a direct download sale from your website won't deliver that. We at Pro Audio Voices hear you. Out of our commitment to our author clients, we've created Amplify, a program that provides an actual 65% of the sales price that you set, that gives you access to your customers' names and emails so you can reconnect with them, and keeps you in the driver's seat. Check it out at ProAudioVoices.com. You'll find Amplify in the marketing menu. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Audiobook Club. This episode was sponsored by Pro Audio Voices. If you have a story you want to bring to life, head over to ProAudioVoices.com to get in touch with industry professionals that can take care of every step of production, as well as offer support and guidance with marketing, growing your brand, and boosting your sales. Once again, that's ProAudioVoices.com. Thanks for listening.